The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's PFTOT, the extra show where we get to the things that we weren't able to jam into the time that we had available during PFT Live on Tuesday morning. And Chris, the dominant story of the day, the Russell Wilson contract, getting his money from the Seattle Seahawks, set that deadline, it worked. He has a five-year, $157 million deal. And last Friday, Big Cat and I debated whether or not Russell Wilson should be the first guy that a team says no thanks to as it relates to paying that market-setting money to a franchise quarterback clearly Russell Wilson wasn't is there a guy out there you're thinking of that could be the first one because at some point it feels like one of these teams is going to say we're getting off of this treadmill we're not going to put all this money into one player we can't afford to do it and have a competitive team so no we refuse to pay a franchise quarterback market value money do you think there's a team out there that would do it? I mean, I, I'm hoping there is. I, I feel like, you know, again, I know I've said this, you know, a few times over the last week, but the proof is in the pudding in recent history, you know, with teams with quarterback friendly deals being in the Super Bowl or the Final Four or whatever you want to talk about. I mean, this year is a perfect example. First of all, New England all years. Brady has a quarterback friendly deal. Their roster is complete. It's got great depth. You know, Patrick Mahomes was in the AFC Championship game. Rookie deal. Jared Goff in the Super Bowl. Rookie deal. The Philadelphia Eagles won in the Super Bowl last year. Rookie deal with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles being paid as a backup. You know, also that year, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum not making huge money. They were in the final four. You know, the, all the years the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson, the two years they were in the Super Bowl. You know, uh, what else am I missing? The Ravens 49ers matchup. Kaepernick versus uh, Flacco. They were on rookie deals. So when will a team have the guts to do it? I don't know. I mean, you know, who are we going to say? Is Marcus Mariota? I don't think he's going to get a big franchise deal unless he just absolutely blows us out of the water this year. So there's. Is he a franchise I quarterback? I don't know. That's though. right. That's where I'm like, so where do we draw the line here? No, I think the guys that we know are franchise quarterbacks, it won't happen to, I guess, is what I'm saying. But those guys that are on the fringe, I think we are getting towards the time where teams are going to go, you know what? Let's move on. We don't need to have a fringe franchise guy taking up. 20% of our salary cap. We saw Washington do it with Kirk Cousins after paying him $20 million under the franchise tag one year and $24 million the next year. That's when they finally decided to cut the cord on Cousins, and they've been, you know, uh, well, if Alex Smith doesn't get injured, the quarterback position is taken care of. But more recently, they've been floating around trying to figure out what they're going to do. But I think about Jared Goff. Yeah, and, and, I know. And look, I, yeah. I, 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 look, regardless of what you think of Jared Goff as a player, is he really good enough to merit the kind of gigantic investment that he may want, especially when you consider that Sean McVay, the coach of the Rams, could find another quarterback and be more likely to coach him up into a great player? It's one thing for Pete Carroll, a defensive coach, to bail on Russell Wilson and try to groom a young quarterback. McVay can do it in his sleep, and whether it's 
Kirk Cousins, who will be available after two years, or whoever else may be out there, I could see Sean McVay having the confidence that he could get another guy to play at the same level that we have seen Jared Goff play. I mean, you think about the team that McVay inherited. He took a bunch of guys he didn't pick that weren't his guys. They were Jeff Fisher guys, and he's made them into a great offense. Maybe he could do that much better and more effectively with guys that he had an, a, a clear input in bringing to the team in the first place, and maybe that's what he would like to do deep down at the quarterback position, and maybe Jared Goff will demand so much that it makes it easier for McVay to say, we're just going to go this rookie or or you know different veteran yeah, route right. other than paying Jared Goff big money. Yeah, I, he was certainly one name that came to my mind, yes, because Jared Goff, again, you know, he's a number one pick. I know they went to the Super Bowl and all that. He's in the top half of football and quarterbacks, but he's not in the top 10. You know, he's somewhere between 10 and 16, I would say, if I just had a roughly list of quarterbacks. Yeah, and do you really want to break the bank? But the other element to that is, you know, of course the fan base is going to look at Jared Goff and go, well, since he's been our quarterback, we've turned things around. And there's going to be that public pressure and kind of perception out there, let alone he's also a Southern California kid, which I think even adds to the pressure more when you play for a team in Southern California to begin with. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if the Rams will have the guts when all said and done, but I really can't wait for a team to uh, have the guts and make this type of move. Well, but the thing is, you know, it's our guts in their blood because yeah. if you do make that move and you go all in with a young guy, you put a ton of pressure on him and you put your job on the line. If you let that franchise quarterback walk away and your franchise disintegrates without him, yep. you're going to hear a lot and of I told you so. Yeah, right. And, and right. you're, you're going to hear a lot of I told you so and you're going to hear you're fired eventually from the owner of your team because – Chances are the owner, the, you know, owners are notoriously conservative in the NFL. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm talking about doing the safe thing. The safe thing is keeping that franchise quarterback that all these other teams are desperate to find. You have one. You find a way to keep that guy. Now, at some point, Chris, one of the ways that a team is going to have to be flexible in keeping a franchise quarterback is giving that franchise quarterback compensation tied to a percentage of the salary cap. I continue to believe it will happen at some point. I thought Russell Russell Wilson was going to be the guy to do it. We talked briefly about this during PFT Live, but I want to flesh this out a little bit more because I think one of the current crop of guys playing under their rookie quarterback contracts will get, one of them will get a percentage of the cap. I think it's going to be Baker Mayfield, not Patrick Mahomes, because I think that that Mahomes won't push back hard enough against Andy Reid and the Chiefs to get that. I think in Cleveland, they're just going to give Baker Mayfield whatever the hell he wants. He's taken over that city. He's taken over that team. He got them to hire Freddie Kitchens. When he sits down and says, hey, I think it's fair that instead of me being leapfrogged by this guy and this guy and this guy, if you want to pay me like one of the best quarterbacks in the sport, tie my compensation to a percentage of the cap, they're going to say, okay, we'll do it. I just feel like that that force of personality and the extent that he's going to take over Cleveland like he already has and then some, I think it's going to make it easier for him to be the guy to get it, especially if he delivers a Super Bowl appearance, not a win, but an appearance between now and the time he gets his next contract. Yeah, well, he's certainly one of the guys that's in this conversation. I mean, it's him. 
It's Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. I look at those three guys just to go. Those are all three guys that can one-up a Russell Wilson as far as highest-paid quarterback or highest-paid player in the history of the sport and would be getting new contracts uh, very much at the start of their prime of their career to where you could justify that type of talk. Now, you know, to push back with your Baker Mayfield thing, he's been very much a team guy in a lot of ways too. So, yes, he's forceful and he's got the charisma and attitude uh, to be a leader, but I also think he's got the wherewithal and attitude to realize, let me leave some crumbs on the table for Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and all these other guys too, where, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, I just look at it and go, man, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is already top two quarterbacks in football. I mean, you, you would probably say he's one. I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree right now. I mean, it's either Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers for one or the one or two best quarterbacks in the sport, and he's already won an MVP. I think it will be easier for him to justify it at the end of next year because I think he's going to be in the MVP conversation once again, and I know Baker Mayfield probably will be too, but uh, I think Mahomes at the end of the day is the guy I look at that could maybe get this done. I favor him a little bit more than Baker. I just look at overall force of personality, and I think Mayfield can pull it off. You know, Mayfield isn't that – yeah, because it would have been hard for Russell Wilson. If, if you don't sign a long-term deal by today, and he is in this, I'm never signing a long-term deal with the Seahawks ever again. I don't know how you reconcile that with his persona. With Mayfield, I, I could see him pulling it off. I, and, you know, he's got that kind of cool about him. And, and the, the fans would be fine. Hey, it's fair. You know, you make the case and it's fair that I get 17 cents on every dollar that is allocated to the players. And that's what the quarterback should always get. And if the numbers keep going up and up and up, why shouldn't I have protection? I think a lot of Browns fans would say, yeah, hey, Baker, whatever you want. And I think the team eventually says, you know what, Baker, you're right. Whatever you want, that's fair. And we're going to do it that way. So I think there's just something about Mayfield. He's got this way of willing things into existence. And he, he willed himself into the top of the draft. He willed the Browns into being a team that we haven't seen in Cleveland from a football perspective in decades. And I think he can will himself to that one, that one contract term that has been so elusive for other players. All right, speaking of elusive and speaking of Patrick Mahomes, receiver Tyreek Hill, one of the most dangerous players in all of football. Andy Reid at the start of the offseason workouts yesterday in Kansas City said there is no new news as it relates to that investigation involving Tyreek Hill and the possibility of an allegation of child abuse. It hasn't even gotten to the point where there's been an allegation. The investigation is still pending. Chris, I don't know what's ultimately going to play out, but you know, in the absence of video, and we've seen how video has brought guys like Kareem Hunt down, Ray Rice, if there isn't video... I just think that the testimony is so imperfect and so flawed and the people involved will have biases and they, they're, they're going to want to protect the Tyreek Hill earning potential. I just think without some clear objective proof like video, it's going to be very hard to ever get to the point, regardless of what actually happened, it's going to be hard to get to the point where there's any type of tangible charge against Tyreek Hill. I hope he didn't engage in any type of illegal behavior, but my point is there's one thing to engage in it, there's another thing to prove it. And I think in a case like this, unless there's a video we don't know about, it's going to be very hard to prove that Tyreek Hill did anything. Yeah, there's going to have to be something certainly substantial to, to prove it. Uh, 
But I still think if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and why, you know, Andy Reid says there's no news is, you know, there's no news because they're going to wait for that news to be totally clear first before they move on to the next thing. Uh, I mean, they, they can't afford to offer him some type of deal and then find out that, you know, these allegations are true and then they're screwed over in some way. So uh, at the end of the day, they have to let this situation play out. Uh, it's an unfortunate look for Tyree Kill regardless. I really hope he's not guilty of this either. If he is, I mean, damn. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I, I will never look at him the same. I mean, it's he's just barely recovered his reputation as it is right now. So uh, he's extremely talented. He is the most explosive wide receiver in football. But the Kansas City Chiefs got to wait till this situation gets figured out before they can make him any type of uh, offer. And Reed let off his comments yesterday by saying, I know you're going to ask about Tyreek. He's here. I don't have anything further to tell you from the statement we put out. There's been no news on it. I'm going to leave it at that. And, yeah, the, the contract talk is secondary. He's got to get cleared under under this cloud of suspicion that's still hovering over him before it would even get to the point where you figure out what he would make. And, and remember, there was that suggestion from Jay Glazer that his name came up in trade talks. So, Chris, even though we both think they should keep Tyreek Hill, maybe they've already pondered life without him. They stunned everyone last year by trading Marcus Peters. But once Andy Reid comes to the conclusion that you're not a guy that's going to fit long term, he'll move on from you. And maybe that's what ultimately happens once they know Tyreek Hill, if it gets to the point where he's clear maybe they do revisit the possibility of clearing him off the roster. Well, I, I think they were probably tossing, you know, they were in a tough spot. They still are in a tough spot. I think they were tossing around all possibilities as far as around the combine and all those things about what to do. You know, they got rid of D Ford. So maybe that made the situation a little bit better for a Tyree kill and figuring out that money. But, you know, as you've mentioned many times, they got to figure out how to pay Patrick Mahomes. They got to figure out how to pay Tyree kill they got to figure out how to play Chris Jones, their defensive tackle, who is, you know, up in the conversation for best pass rushing D tackles in football, along with Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox and that group. So uh, they got some tough challenges ahead of that. And I'm sure that they've, they've, you know, gone through a number of options and different scenarios to figure out how they can best pull all of this off. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you look at how they did last year. I mean, it really is. I know I know it's important to have Tyreek Hill, but Mahomes is really the guy who's going to sustain that franchise over the next 15 years. He's the guy they need to keep. And maybe he's a, a quarterback who is so good you can put a bunch of pedestrian receivers around him and eventually it will work out. Okay, one more to talk about. And this is a guy who surprised me by showing up for offseason workouts in Dallas on Monday. Ezekiel Elliott, a guy that Chris and I both think should hold out, a guy who's been overlooked as the Cowboys are giving out second contracts, a guy who the Cowboys very much may well chew up and spit out and never pay a second contract to. Chris, do you agree with his decision to show up for offseason workouts? Yeah, I, I have no problem with him uh, showing up for offseason workouts. You know, he's, he's, again, a guy who got suspended two seasons ago. You know, he's probably still trying to put his best foot forward. He does love football. You know, he wants to work out, be there, be a part of his team. I think he can still get his message across to the football team about wanting a new deal by still being there. And, of course, really, hey, if he really wants to make a, a, a you know, a mess of things or, or give the Cowboys a sign that he wants new money, at the end of the day, you know, holding out a training camp is going to scare the Dallas Cowboys a, a whole lot more than anything with OTAs. But, you know, to, to, to a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, too, sometimes I think for this for players, like, take advantage of this right now. Go work out. Get in shape. Get ready. Be the best you could be. Um, but at the same time, 
Ezekiel Elliott has led football in rushing attempts two out of the last three years. He has led the NFL in rushing yards two out of the last three years. He catches the ball out of the backfield a whole lot. And he plays a style of football that is physical, smash mouth, I'm going to knock your head off type of ball. And that usually does not translate to long, long careers. And because of that, yes, I would have absolutely no problem with Ezekiel Elliott after three years of the NFL so far and leading the, leading in the league in rushing twice for him for asking for more money and for him to be paid like the, one of the top running backs in football. Yeah, and, and there really is that risk that they're going to do to him what they did to DeMarco Murray. Yeah. And, and we don't know. Just because they made him a top-five pick doesn't mean they didn't budget to have five or six years of Ezekiel Elliott and then move on and do it all over again. So I would want that security. You never know what's going to happen with your career when you are in those car crashes, as you say all the time. And, and I think Ezekiel Elliott needs to be concerned that once they start paying all these other guys, they're going to look around and say, you know what, we don't have enough money left. For Ezekiel Elliott, let's just go out and get a bunch of young, cheap guys, and we'll staff the position that way. So now's the time to take a stand. And Chris, I talked about this on radio in that first hour when you're like in traffic and otherwise not paying attention to the things I'm saying. The uh, the reality is this: just because you show up for off-season workouts doesn't mean you show up for the start of training camp. That's what right. better way right. to stun them right. than to show up for the off-season program? But then when it's time for what really counts, that's how you get their attention. And maybe they exhale. Maybe they relax. Maybe they think, oh, okay, Ezekiel Elliott's on board. Everything's fine. And then all of a sudden you don't show up for the start of training camp. That may be the moment where they get the wake-up call and they end up taking care of you. Yes, definitely. Now, you did you not know I already said that point? Did you know that I said the same thing already? I just wanted to, because this, I just wanted the listeners to know. See, this is what happens. I talk and make a point. Mike texts and types on the computer, and then he comes up and makes a point and wants to me to react to it, and I have nothing to react to because I already made the same point. So, yes, that would make a lot of news, Mike. You're right. I am trying to manage a major media operation I know while you also are. engaging I know. in our three hours plus of programming every day. And I tried. This time, I thought there was a chance we were covering the same ground. So I tried to make it kind of neutral and, right. and, and sweeping and, and maybe not duplicative of what you had said. So one of the rare things I will ever say to you or anyone else I apologize. Oh, that's and, okay. Uh, you don't have to uh, apologize. I'll, I'll All good. Well, that's good. Then then go screw yourself. Yeah, I'll okay, leave it at that. You. All right. <laughs> um, that's it for today's PFT OT. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition. Big Cat, I think, is joining us for PFT Live. Chris Sims, when's your next unbutton to come out? Is that tomorrow? You're doing a mock draft tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, yep. We got a little uh, mock draft with the Roto World guys we're going to do. So that should be fun. Uh, it's going to be three of us kind of ping-ponging picks and go from there. So, uh, yeah, but Wednesday will be the, the new podcast. Well, thanks for the invitation to make it an even four. Yeah, I appreciate well, that. Yeah, no, we wanted experts on there, and you just, you know, copy, paste, snarky comment doesn't qualify you as an expert quite yet. So sorry. <laughs> All right, well, let me get back to snarky comments. Uh, maybe a few about you. Yeah, uh, see, I'm that's, sure. You don't, you don't, don't fight with a guy who buys his, unk, uh, his ink by the truckload or his unk by the trickload. It's yes. one of those two. Yes. See you tomorrow. I'm getting out of here before I make things any worse. Everybody have a great day. See you tomorrow. Screw you, Florio. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.